Hello everyone, this is Zach at FF Chalupa Batman. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Beyond the Analyst interview series where we go beyond the fantasy takes to get to know our favorite fan- favorite fantasy analysts just a little bit more. Today I am joined by the CBS Sports fantasy analyst himself, Jamie Eisenberg. How are you doing tonight, Jamie? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Great. Thank you for coming on. So like I said, we won't be talking fantasy takes today. We're just going to try to get to know you a little bit better. And so we're just going to jump right in if you're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So I believe you started with CBS Sports for Fantasy in 2006. Um, uh, yes, I'm very and that old. Was around yes. the, yeah, all right. And that was around the same time that like major networks really started to push fantasy sports content. So what led you to be a fantasy sports analyst or writer? So uh, my my history, uh, my, my background is in, uh, in newspapers. And I was working for uh, the Palm Beach Post at the time. And when I was uh, right around, you know, 2005, 2006, I was kind of getting a little frustrated with my career. Uh, I was essentially um, the backup beat writer for uh, for almost all the the major sports in South Florida. Uh, So Dolphins, Marlins, um, Panthers, Heat. And, uh, you know, I was looking to, you know, kind of further my career a little bit. And so uh, at the time, uh, CBS Sports, uh, I think we might have still been CBS Sportsland at the time. Uh, no, you're CBS Sports. So CBS Sports uh, had an opening. Michael Fabiano had just left for, uh, for the NFL Network. And so um, they're based. Uh, we're based in South Florida. CBS Sports is based in South Florida. And so I had always been good at fantasy. I was, uh, you know, the, uh, the guy in your league that's not an, uh, an expert that you kind of ask for advice about your other leagues. You know, so my, my friends, you know, that I was competing with and, and, and having some success against, you know, hey, uh, I saw you picked up this guy. Why'd you pick him up? Or you know, uh, do you mind if I ask you about my my other league? You know, some some start set advice, and so it kind of just came natural to me. I was uh, I, most of the the time at the newspaper was spent covering the Dolphins. Um, you know, so I, I would travel with the team a little bit. So I, you know, obviously I have a, a a strong background in the NFL, and so when when the job opening was there, it really wasn't uh, because I wanted to be a fantasy analyst. It was because I wanted a foot in the door at CBS, and I, I I'd like to say that I was forward thinking enough to say that the internet was going to demolish newspapers, but that really wasn't the case. It was just something that was available in, uh, in, in my hometown, um, you know, didn't have to uproot my life and, and move somewhere. And so, uh, that's kind of what happened. And, and, uh, there were some other opportunities within CBS over the first couple of years that I explored, uh, about maybe leaving the fantasy department, but it was like a rocket ship. Like you said, you know, it was just something that took off and, um, you know, so thankful that, that I stuck with it and they stuck with me <laughs> um, more so. Uh, but it's been just, you know, a, a blessing these last, you know, you know, 15, 16 years of, of being, you know, uh, in, in the fantasy department at CBS Sports and, and just watching how the industry has grown, how we've grown as, as a company and, and certainly our, our, our fantasy business and how it continues to just just blossom has been, you know, just a, a, a huge blessing. You know, I'm so thankful for it every day. That's a great story. And I love hearing everyone's stories because honestly, in this industry, this community, Everyone has a different path. Um, everyone's very unique. So I uh, appreciate you sharing yours. Um, so you've mentioned on the Fantasy Football Today podcast that you started a father-son fantasy football league with your oldest a few years ago. So first, how is that league still doing? Uh, it's doing great. Uh, I actually have two father-son leagues. So I have three boys. Um, the oldest is nine. That's the one you're referring to. That's the one that's been in existence as long as we started when he was five. So this will be year five coming up. Um, for him. And then my seven-year-old uh, also started when he was five. So this will be year three for uh, for his league. And so we'll see when the three-year-old, if I start maybe a little bit sooner, 
Uh, he's he's probably the most uh, fanatic of of the three of them in terms of uh, playing sports. But we'll see about his uh, his fandom. But both leagues are doing great. Um, it's such a fun experience. Um, I know you have two children yourself. Uh, I highly recommend it. You know, it's just an easy way to you know let them relate. Uh, you know, it, you know your children if they're sports fans. Um, to what you do, you know, and, and, and bring them into, you know, uh, a, a thing that's kind of hard to describe, you know, what, what do you do for a living? Well, I talk about a game that's a game, and, you know, nothing that you can actually touch or see as opposed to, you know, you know, just looking at the numbers and, and, and actual players, you know, doing the heavy lifting. Uh, but I like, as I tell, you know, friends of mine and, you know, the, the parents in the league, especially, you know, like when you're trying to sell it to somebody else about joining, especially to, you know, the, the parents, uh, that aren't necessarily, you know, football fans or fantasy football fans, you know, as I tell them, I said, it's a good way to teach them math. You know, we, we don't do anything but standard scoring. You know, I think it, at some point when we turn it over to them, uh, which is my eventual goal for the older one, and then we'll see how it goes with the middle one. Uh, but the goal is for them to, you know, play out the league themselves without us involved. Uh, you know, hopefully they'll still invite us to the draft because that was kind of the whole thing was that the adults get to hang out and the kids get to hang out and then, you know, you mix it all together, but eventually, you know, we break it apart. And they do their own thing. We do our own thing, but um, we keep it pretty simple. You know, my, my whole goal for them is when they're watching a game, uh, all these kids is that when the, you know, the, the stats come on the, on the ticker, they know right away what their, their players have, you know, without having to look at the website. And so it's been just a great way to, uh, you know, spend some time with, with my, my, my two older sons, um, their friends, uh, their parents, you know, which, you know, for the most part are, are some of my best friends. And it's, uh, it's just a really cool experience. You know, like I, like I said, I highly recommend it to anybody who has, uh, children it doesn't have to be father son could be father daughter could be you know uh mother daughter you know where you just happen to be you know a, a group of guys that have done it but uh it's certainly not an exclusive situation you know so anybody that has children that's into fantasy football if you're into fantasy football I, like i said i highly highly encourage it because it's just it's been so much fun my favorite leagues that we do uh, it's a great idea it sounds like a lot of fun but i have to know do your sons follow your rankings or do they follow someone else's rankings uh they they follow mine um i think i probably have a little bit too much involvement with their teams you know uh that's that's something i think that they need to take a little bit more onus of but one of my favorite draft stories uh this is the older one so when he was six so the second year of the league and so the way that we do it is um the first year uh they had to make the first round by they had to do the first round by themselves every year they have to take on a different round. Um, the older group now, you know, uh, th there's there's probably half the league. It's twelve team league. Uh, the the middle one's actually a fourteen team league. But the uh, the older one with the twelve team league, every every year they have to take on a different round. But half the league already is the kids are already doing the draft by themselves. You know, the fathers will kind of, you know, I think maybe steer them a, in a direction or two. But you know, they certainly are making the picks by themselves. But there was um, one round I forget where it was. Uh, so this was twenty, I guess it was twenty nineteen. Whatever. When was Lamar Jackson's MVP? Was that 2019, 2020? 2019. 2019. Um, so, or was it 2020? It was 2019, whatever. Uh, Lamar Jackson's MVP season. So I had to go outside, meet my wife, uh, where we were holding the draft in somebody's house, meet my wife to pick up my, my middle son who wanted to come and, and just hang out. And he went and made a pick by himself without me there. Uh, this was, you know, round five, round six, whatever it was. And he took Mark Ingram the year that he had the big season with Lamar Jackson. So I'm um, very proud of him for doing that. And he, he said, Dad, I was uh, on your rankings because uh, at CBS, you can sort in the draft room by each of our rankings. It was like I, had, I pulled your rankings up. I just took the highest player, you know, that you had ranked and it worked out great. You know, Mark Ingram was a was a star that year and we actually won the league that year. So um, it was, uh, you know, good, good selection by him. But for the most part, I think it's more of a conversation that we have. And so I don't know if he's following my rankings per se. He's following my brain, which sometimes can get a little convoluted. So, you know, hopefully I don't ruin him too much. 
No, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a great way for the, the younger generations to really start to, like you said, even if it's just math, but just getting involved in fantasy and, and coming up as a sport is continuing to grow and this industry is growing. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I would love to do that with my sons as they get a little older. Um, so you all have a great camaraderie, a great chemistry on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. You guys have shared a lot of stories over the years, but is there like a favorite prank or like a funny moment that just like stands out to you over these last 15, 16 years? Oh, there's so many. You know, I, I think one thing that's um, been a little you know, disappointing is, you know, we used to all be together, you know, and, and you can't really beat that. You know, I think that's a big reason why the fantasy footballers, for example, they have such a great show is they're all they're all together in the same room. You know, you can't really replicate that over Zoom, you know, as much as you try. Um, you know, Adam Azer, our, our podcast host, you know, he moved to uh, to New York, you know, for personal reasons and, you know, can't fault him for that. But that kind of changed the dynamic of our show a little bit. And then obviously, you know, what's happened with the pandemic has changed a little bit as well. Uh, but in the days where we were together, you know, even if it was just a couple of us. Um, so uh, Nando DeFino, who works for The Athletic, is is one of the most brilliant, you know, um, producers, production, you know, uh, quality person um, you could find. He's certainly a great fantasy analyst as well. But he would just throw a million ideas against the wall and just working with him was so much fun. And so uh, we fed off of his energy. And so when Nando was working with us, um, I don't know how it actually came about, but uh, we started to steal Adam's wallet. And Adam um, at the time had a Costanza wallet. And so, you know, it was, wasn't exactly hard to, it wasn't exactly easy to uh, uh, hide from him. But, you know, in our, in our studio that we had in the office there, which was just really a makeshift conference room, um, you know, we had some bookshelves, whatever we would hide it, you know, somebody put it in their pocket, put it in a, in a, in a bag, but it was always part of, uh, you know, every two, three episodes or so, maybe every five, you know, but it would be a, a guessing game of where's Adam's wallet, you know, and, and our audience seemed to enjoy that. Uh, the other thing, which is more recent, which is with Heath Cummings, who replaced Nando, um, Adam and Heath uh, share a, a fantasy team uh, as one of our podcast leagues. You know, we have several podcast leagues that we have. Um, there's the the main one, quote unquote, main one, which is you know, the one that we have our typical contest for. Um, but there's also different ones, you know, that, that we also have. And Adam and Heath uh, share a team in one of them. And so there was, uh, I guess it was a couple of seasons ago, Adam was was really high on Carson Wentz with the Eagles. I think it might have been the year he was coming off of his, uh, it might have been his MVP season or it might have been the year that he was coming back from from the ACL tear. But Adam was, was, a, was a Carson Wentz guy. And they were carrying two quarterbacks. And Heath and I were sitting in the room together. Adam was in New York. And um, they, had, they had Carson Wentz on the team. And so I said to Heath, who had commissioner access, um, why don't you just drop Carson Wentz? You'll pick him up right away. You know, you explain to the league after the fact that you'll, you know, what happened. But just drop Carson Wentz. Let him see the transaction and see what happens. Because they were arguing about why they're carrying, it's a 10-team league, like why are you carrying two quarterbacks? So I think they had maybe Russell Wilson at the time. So they drop, they drop Carson Wentz. Uh, Heath drops Carson Wentz while we're on the air. And he tells Adam, he's like, hey, I just dropped Carson Wentz. Adam goes, no, I don't believe you. He goes, sees the email, email pops up. And he's like, he just goes on this rant, calls him an idiot moron. And so just idiot moron just caught on. And we just, you know, kept using it as a drop, you know, idiot moron, idiot moron. And so it just became a running gag all season long that, you know, Adam didn't really understand, <laughs> realize that it was a joke. So we, you know, a lot of our jokes typically come at Adam's expense. He's such a great, um, uh, I don't want to say punching bag, but he plays that role very well. And, uh, you know, we sort of have, you know, taken that and, and run with it. And so, it's, it's like you said, we have a great camaraderie. We're all friends. It doesn't always come across that way. You know, it's like a brother, you know, relationship. Anytime, you know, you're with these people, uh, you know, all the time, you know, co coworkers, family, you know how it gets, um, you know, sometimes you get on each other's nerves. Uh, but, you know, between Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, myself, Adam, uh, Chris Towers now a part of it. 
um, Ben Schrager, Dan Schneier, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a fun group, you know, and hopefully, uh, we, we convey that as much as we can and, and, you know, comes across in our analysis as well. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun listening to you guys. I mean, I, I still remember Nando, uh, I don't know if he, I don't, I think he just like popped on the show. I don't think he, he was still with the team anymore and he just went off, uh, on a explicit rant just so that Adam had to bleep out everything he said. For oh yeah. Uh, the last time right. Nando was on, um, during our, our, uh, we don't call it telethon. It's a draftathon um, mm-hmm. to raise money for St. Jude. So um, Nando I, likes to push the envelope a little bit. So he drew a um, like you know a, a donation counter, uh, but it didn't look like a donation counter. It looked like you know <laughs> something else if you could use your imagination. And we just I mean I I I live for when Nando comes back on our shows because he'll drop little nuggets like that. He'll he has a, a studio at home. And he'll put pictures of Adam up around the studio. So it's like, you know, find the Easter egg of where's Adam in, in the studio. You know, it's just, he's just, like I said, he's just brilliant. And um, I, I, if, if there was a next stop for me somewhere, you know, if, if CBS gets tired of me and, and the athletic gets tired of, of Nando, I, I, that'd be the first person I would look to pair up with to do something because he's just, like I said, he's brilliant. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I, I think the Heath side drop is probably my favorite <laughs> drop on any podcast is just yes adam just likes and to sneak it in there and it's, it's hilarious every time re- recently uh adam's been toying with different music you know for things and um he's you know for whatever he's stumbled on some what would sound like porn music yes. <laughs> and uh doing that with the heat sigh is, is is definitely good comedy <laughs> <laughs> it's great for the off season for sure uh, so moving on from that, um, the fantasy yeah, sports is, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> is growing rapidly, uh, which is great. There's a lot of diverse content. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, mediums now that are coming. We have people on TikTok um, sharing great fantasy advice and some not great fantasy advice, um, but it's another place to get it out there. So do you have one piece of advice for anyone that is maybe thinking about creating content for the first time, or maybe they just recently got started? You know, when, when I used to get this question uh, pre-social media, it was always, you know, start a blog and, you know, see who reads it. And it's the same thing, you know, I mean, with what podcasts have become, with what social media is, you know, with a Twitter following, with a TikTok following, with an Instagram following, you know, all these things. I'm sure there's other things out there because I'm too old, but I don't even know what it is. Um, but, you know, you can start your own YouTube channel at this point. And all you need is to, you know, help one person win a league and then two people win a league and, you know, three people win a league and you, you know, start to, you know, have a, a following of your own. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, um, I, I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm not going to mention names, but you know, that that's happened for several people, you know, where they've, you know, started their own thing or, you know, started their own, you know, YouTube channel or podcast, or whatever. And then it got picked up by something a little bit bigger. And now they're starting to get, you know, a, attracted by more jobs and you're seeing people go off and do their own thing. Um, because they've become so successful. And so that's the fun part is, you know, you're seeing people uh, that have a passion for this, you know, that are working second jobs because, you know, they obviously have to pay bills, but, you know, it comes, uh, you know, you have a passion for something and then it turns into what, what could hopefully become a career. Um, it's hard. It's a, it's a tough industry. Obviously, you know, I, I, I can reference the same thing with, you know, how newspapers were when I started. It's just, you know, there's so few jobs at so few spots. Um, that you have to be somewhat creative to, you know, sort of find your way and 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 get a following. But I think as long as you have the dedication to it, the passion for it, the understanding that it's not going to be easy, uh, but if you love it, you know, you'll do it. And so, you know, it's a uh, it's a way to perfect your craft. You know, I mean, I was never in front of a microphone ever, you know, before 
they put me in a, in a green room on CBS, you know, and said, here, talk about fantasy. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I look at this camera or that camera, you know, why is this light so bright in my face? Um, and now people have, you know, everything set up at home for them. So it's a much different way, you know, and, and, and the, uh, the hard part is obviously conveying that information in, in some entertaining form that's, an, you know, informative as well. Uh, but, you know, just, just do it, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, people notice and, and that's how, you know, it, it can snowball. But again, it's not something that you just turn on a camera and all of a sudden, you know, you have 50,000 followers or, you know, hundred thousand followers, whatever. And, you know, people are paying you advertising or salary or whatever. Um, it's going to take time and, and, and a lot of hard work and you just have to hope that you get a, a break and, and it works out well for you. That's great advice. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so that's all the, we'll call them serious questions I had. I had a few rapid fire questions if you're game for them. Sure. All right. So you can literally do one word answers or you can give a little context if you want, whatever works for you. So is it pronounced GIF or JIF? <laughs> one of one of the great Adam Mazur stories. Uh, I think it's JIF. Um, uh, I don't know what the, the, the consensus ever ended up being, but um, to me, it, it, it's, it's JIF. All right. Uh, is cereal a type of soup? No, uh, I'm a big cereal guy, so uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put those two in the same category. As a matter of fact, um, my wife, uh, she's been a little um, not under the weather. She had uh, some uh, work done, some dental work done today uh, to fix a, um, a cap or whatever, you know, the, something fell out of her <laughs> without going into detail. She had some dental work done. And so she um, she was having some soup and it was like around 11 o'clock. I hadn't eaten yet. I had cereal. So we were, you know, eating. Uh, if you can consider that, we're getting the same thing at the same time. But I was eating cereal. She was eating soup. So uh, my opinion, they're, they're different. Fair enough. Um, what is your favorite show or movie on Paramount Plus? Um, my favorite show on Paramount Plus, I guess I would probably have to say Fantasy Football Today because they air our show on Paramount Plus. We appreciate that. Um, I'm, a, I'm more of a movie guy than a TV guy. So I'll watch you know movies again and again and again. And so uh, whenever I flip up Paramount Plus and I see... Um, uh, the Dark Knight, no, not the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, the Dark Knight, um, the the Heath Ledger Batman movie. Um, I watch that all the time. <laughs> so, um, uh, my kids, uh, my my youngest one, my three year old, he's can watch the Paw Patrol movie a billion times, and uh, I think that's on Paramount Plus as well. So, it's a great network. We appreciate their uh their their help and their support, and they they show all of our 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 programs on CBS Sports HQ. So we really appreciate it. That's awesome, yeah, and I love all the chases on the case references now and in football <laughs> yeah. with uh with chase now be, being a right. star you have, you have kids in that age range yeah yep <laughs> so I, I get it um if you could time travel would you travel to the past or would you travel to the future you know i think well first off both if i could um if i only had to pick one you know i guess uh, um probably the curiosity of any parents to see what your kids become you know especially if you watch back to the future too you know you want to see if your kids are you know screwing around and causing problems and if you can help them, um, you know, I'd probably like to see what my, my children end up, you know, becoming if they become parents, uh, you know, where their careers uh, take them, you know, where their lives take them, obviously. So if I can only pick one, I would say go in the future just to see, you know, what, what happens to my children. Great answer. Uh, so speaking of family, How about you? Jesse, uh, for me, I'd probably go to the future just to see, I guess, what I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but it'd be, I, don't know, I think it'd be cool to see where, where we end up. Uh, so Jesse Eisenberg, the actor, he's your cousin. Uh, if you could swap places with him in any of his movies, what movie or role would you want to be a part of? Oh boy. Um, I couldn't pull off Mark Zuckerberg, you know, when he played the founder of Facebook and the social network, that was his best. You know, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's an amazing actor. Obviously I'm a little biased, but he's an amazing actor. Uh, that was, you know, probably certainly his most you know famous role. 
Um, Zombieland would be fun, uh, you know, just because it just seems like a fun movie and the cast is awesome with Woody Harrelson and, and um, Emma, why am I forgetting her last name? Um, Emma Stone, um, uh, you know, and, and, and the group there, you know, so that, that would be fun. But, you know, he was Lex Luthor. And so I grew up, uh, you know, Superman fan, you know, huge comic book guy. And so uh, getting a chance to, you know, fight Superman and, you know, win or lose, who cares? But, and Batman, you know, um, how could you pass that up? So, you know, if I, if I could switch roles with him, I would play Lex Luthor poorly, uh, but I would try and play Lex Luthor. I wish I wrote that down because I'm not going to lie. That was the role I was predicting that you were going to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be uh, alongside Superman or Batman? Or, or I'll never Superman? forget. Um, so his mom is like a mother to me. I, I lost my mom a few years ago. And so uh, I talked to her all the time. And um, she told me, I forget where I was, but I, I feel like I was with Dave and Adam somewhere. And she was like, you can't say anything to anybody, but he's going to be Lex Luthor. And I was like, get the bleep out of here. You know, like what, you know, and this was obviously, you know, the movie's probably almost 10 years old or five to 10 years old, whatever the case may be. But, you know, they obviously, you know, he got the role and until they started filming, whatever. So probably going back 10 years. And so just like sitting on that news, you know, it was like, uh, what, <laughs> you know, he's going to be in the next Superman movie. He's going to be Lex Luthor, you know, crazy, you know, and, and, and it was obviously, you know, very controversial to choose him because, he doesn't, you know, necessarily fit the mold of what, you know, a lot of people think Lex Luthor is from the comic books and then, you know, some of the other people who have portrayed him. But I thought he did a great job. Again, I'm biased, but uh, the opportunity to play uh, that role would just be fantastic. Uh, again, I, I'd fall short of how he did it, but uh, who would who would not want to be in a in a comic book movie? Of course, that's a really cool story. So that's all the, the questions I have. You did great. The rapid fire questions. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so thank you again for taking your time to come on here. I just want to kind of give you an opportunity to plug whatever you wanted to share and let everyone know where they can find you. Not, I'm assuming they're already following you, but just in case where they, where they can find you. Well, first off, this was great. You know, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to have me on this, you know, and it's uh, nice to finally meet you, you know, at least see your face, um, you know, and, and, and I appreciate, you know, uh, giving me the opportunity to do this. Uh, you can follow me cbsports.com, CBS sports HQ, our podcast, fantasy football today, wherever podcasts are found. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Jamie Eisenberg. We have a lot of great off season content coming. I'll be at the combine in a couple weeks. So, uh, should be fun there. You know, we're starting to hammer out our schedule um, of when the coaches and GMs are talking, when the players are talking, you know, so uh, a lot of great content coming from, from that. And as uh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to you know, start to dive into, as every fantasy analyst is diving into, it's draft draft season for the NFL draft. And so, um, you know, finding out the next future stars in the NFL is going to be fun. Awesome. Yep. Thank you again for coming on. So this is the Triple Play Fantasy beyond the analyst series so if you're watching this on youtube go ahead like the video subscribe to the channel we have a ton of great content coming out this offseason between football basketball baseball we're covering it all if you're listening to us on the podcast make sure you're following the podcast and that way you don't miss any episodes that come out every monday and then we have other content coming out as well through the podcast channel so thanks again jamie and everyone have a great day